Loading phase 2. Loading phase 2. Loading phase 2. Phase 2. Loaded. Hello and welcome back to the Lockdown Movie Club. If it's your first time here, come on in, slip off your shoes, grab some popcorn, because boy, have we got a good movie for you today. We're going to watch the movie and we're going to talk about it together and we're going to have some fun. So my name is Toomey. And I'm Lily. Welcome to our little lockdown creation. This is our way of keeping ourselves entertained and busy instead of going crazy in lockdown, give ourselves a little something to do. We took a little break, but we're back and we're ready to get started on phase two of the MCU. I'm feeling pretty good about today's episode. I'm excited to jump back into it. You know, a lot has happened in phase one of the MCU. We got all of the origin stories and we got the big collaboration at the end, which paid off pretty well. I enjoyed it. How are you feeling going into phase two, Lil? Well, we're starting off with a a trequel? A, a tr- yeah, a trequel. A trequel? <laughs> what do you call that? You- the third? The third movie. Yeah, Iron Man 3. So, what, you have doubts? <laughs> well, you know, the third movie sometimes can uh, bring it back, sometimes it has a stumble. Mm, yeah, I mean, I have no idea really what to expect. I'm excited because we're stepping quite into the unknown here. Uh, I had a good understanding of phase one and what all those movies were about. Going into phase two... No idea where these movies are going. It's basically just all the sequels, apart from Iron Man. Third Iron Man, but we've got Captain America's got another movie. Thor's got another one. No Hulk, obviously. Um, But they're going to introduce Guardians of the Galaxy. That's part of phase two. Is it? Yeah. Um, We have another Avengers movie, and then we have Ant-Man. So phase two doesn't actually end on Avengers. Um, I was just looking it up. Phase two ends on Ant-Man, which comes after Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But I don't really know what to expect from these sequels. Now that we've had that big collaboration in Avengers, I wonder if we're going to see other Avengers pop into the... Like, it's Iron Man 3, but is Thor going to be in it? Is Captain America going to be in it? Maybe. Maybe. And then same with the Thor and Captain America sequels. You know, maybe they're going to cross over a bit more. I don't know. I thought that was kind of the whole point of these movies, right? Once we kind of see the Avengers, don't they all start appearing in each other's movies and that? Are they now on that same, like, timeline? Oh, very true. Yeah, are they all going to be in the same timeline or are these movies still going to kind of go back and forth and stuff? Yeah, I don't Maybe. know. No idea. I think they're all going to be set after Avengers. Okay. Because the first one was all the origin stories, right? So it kind of makes sense for them to kind of be all over the place time-wise. But now, going into Phase 2, surely Avengers has happened and we're going to see what these guys are up to next. Okay, so we're thinking that they're all friends and they could be hanging out. I think so, right? I mean, Avengers, at the end of the movie, it kind of just did a soft reset on everything. It was like the superheroes kind of just went back to doing what they do, right? When they Mm. were like lying low and and stuff, it kind of just ended like, oh, okay, things are back to normal. And they're off doing their own thing. So now we're going to go see their own thing. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. No idea what to expect. But that's my prediction uh, for this upcoming movie. And this is when they really start to push out these movies a bit more. Um, we're now going to see two a year, pretty much. Between 2013 and 2015, they released six movies. Ooh. Yeah, and those six movies make up phase two of the MCU or Infinity Saga, however you want to call it. Um, so they're ramping it up a little bit 
and then they're probably going to go to three movies a year uh, in the final phase three. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) So this one came out a year after Avengers, pretty much exactly a year later. It was the 25th of April, 2013. Uh, And we've got a different director this time. We don't have... No John Favreau. No John Favreau. Uh, We've got Shane Black. That. Yeah, a bit of a random name. More of a writer, I thought, than a director looking at his IMDb. The only film he directed before this was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was Robert Downey Jr.'s first starring role after his whole prison rehab stint. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we've got a connection there. I'm guessing Downey Jr. probably brought Shane Black on to do this because they worked together on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Maybe, maybe. they were looking for a new director. Downey Jr. probably had some input there. I don't know. Maybe they're just good buddies. I don't know. But that was the only movie he had directed before doing Iron Man 3, but he did write some classic action movies. So he created the Lethal Weapon saga. Uh, He wrote the first movie, and then I think the others were written by different people, but he created the Lethal Weapon saga. And he also created, or he wrote The Last Action Hero, which is a real random movie, but it's like a classic for me. I watched it a lot growing up. It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie about this kid that gets sucked into an action movie. It kind of crosses the line between... A satirical action movie because it's like hitting all those action movie tropes because it's self-aware of itself anyway (laughs) basically what i'm trying to say is i think this guy could write a decent action movie um he's directing this i don't know if he wrote iron man 3 i'm guessing probably some of it i probably should have checked before recording this episode just giving him additional credits (laughs) yeah why not why not (laughs) um but i don't know he's got some classic action movie stuff under his belt Right, is what I'm trying to say. So hopefully we're going to see a decent action movie out of this. We'll see. Uh, you know, that's what I want, some good action. We'll see how he goes. Actors, um, I mean, we've got the usual Iron Man crew. And then we've got some some new actors. We've got Sir Ben Kingsley. They love throwing in a Sir. We had Anthony Hopkins in Thor. And now we've got Sir Ben Kingsley in Iron Man 3. We'll see what other knights or dames that they bring into the MCU <laughs> later on. Um, and then we've got Guy Pierce, great actor. I think he's always been a fantastic actor. So interesting to see what they are in this movie. They could be the bad guys, right? Probably, considering they're the only yeah. two new actors. Yeah, probably. Um, ben Kingsley can play a pretty mean dude sometimes, so he could be a pretty nasty guy in this. We'll see. Maybe not. Maybe he's a lovely bloke. Um, we'll find out. And then looking at the budget, I thought this was really interesting. So $200 million budget. So they've upped the budgets now. Um, Because that's closer to what Avengers cost. You know, Phase 1 movies were all around $150 to make. Avengers was $220, and Iron Man 3 was $200. So, yeah, bigger budget, and it made a pretty decent wedge as well. It made $1.2 at the box office, which is massive. Yeah. And if we compare that to, like, the origin Phase 1 movies, that is a substantial difference. So I think Thor was the highest grossing movie, and this made $500 more than that. Which oh. is nuts. So, so much more. Isn't it? For like just a standalone movie. I mean, I guess Iron Man's got a bit of a fan base built up now, being this the third movie. But I thought it would have gone the other way. I thought people would have been like, ugh, really a third Iron Man? But yeah. then, I guess, uh. off the back of Avengers, people are pretty pumped. This is the first one to come out after Avengers, which obviously made like, what, two odd billion? Yeah, and he, he was quite good in Avengers. Like that the Iron Man character mm. was... You know. Yeah, definitely one of the best bits of that movie. Good role. Mm, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much does it. I have no idea what to expect, so I don't really have much to talk about here. 
we're starting a new page, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, I've never seen this. Never seen it. I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know they made three Iron Man movies before we started this podcast. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I don't have high hopes. I'm excited to jump back in. We've It's been a few weeks since mm. uh, we watched, you know, finished phase one off. So I am excited to jump back in and see what it goes. I don't know, a third Iron Man movie with a new director. I mean, big budget, though. Big budget. They could do a lot of stuff with that big budget. We're probably going to see a lot of glass smashing, though. So much glass, uh, some explosions, uh, hopefully... Probably a new suit. Oh, yeah. Because they upgraded the suit between one and two. They're going to find a new way to put the suit on. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, in the second movie, they reduced it down to that suitcase thing, yeah, right? Yeah, suitcase suit. Do you think they're just going to reduce it down even more? What's it, more, a just, wallet? It would just be like... <laughs> Gets his wallet out and it just like, turns into it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the next thing down from a suitcase, right? Yeah, and then Avengers it was the like the walking, the walkway. Yeah, he had thing. his catwalk. Yeah. yeah, which kind of took it off him and put it on. So, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm most excited for. What changes have we got to the suit? Mm. <laughs> cool. Well, you ready to jump into it? I think so. I think so. Um, we've got two hours and eleven minutes for this one. Okay. Thank God. A little bit shorter. You know, two and a half hours is. I mean, even two hours ten minutes for a third movie. You know, Iron Man three. Of- the treacle. The treacle. <laughs> I mean, Iron Man 2 was probably the hardest watch for us so far, right? Um, it's quite long. Well, apart from Captain America. Oh, yeah. But Iron Man 2 felt really long. So I'm hoping this feels shorter than that or more engaging throughout, right? Yeah. Well, let's, let's go find out. 131 minutes. We'll be right back after this. All right, uh, 131 minutes later, we return. That was quite the adventure. I mean, I have quite a lot of positive things to say. Um, I don't really know where to start. I mean, there was a lot going on in that movie. There was a lot of twists and turns. I thought characters were really cool. Tony Stark had a massive character development. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there was lots of hidden Easter eggs throughout the movie. I mean, we'll cover it all. But Lil, what are your initial impressions? I really enjoyed that one. Actually, it was um, right. Yeah, it was. It was really good. I think surprisingly so. <laughs> like you know, for an action movie, it had everything I wanted. It was yeah, had me fully into it. Had you hooked, huh? Yeah, I was yelling at the TV and everything. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was laughing, yelling. Um, I didn't get sad. There was no real sad moment. Well, actually, they did. Get me with Pepper Potts. We had a moment yeah. where we were like, whoa, 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 hang on. Yeah. We'll get to that. But um, yeah, that but was pretty gen- good. Yeah, generally it was quite funny. Fantastic action movie. Yeah, really good. I mean, really well written. I think this guy's writing career shows in the plot line of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily the script. I mean, the script's pretty good. It wasn't that much cheese. Some of the lines were actually really funny. Yeah. But an overall arc of like an action movie, yeah, it had me hooked the whole time. Um, I mean, straight from the get-go... I'm blue dabba dee dabba die is <laughs> <laughs> the opening song. I mean, that was fantastic. Because we go, we start in 1999, right? He's in Switzerland at a convention. So the Burn. film opens with I'm blue dabba dee dabba die. That's great. Yeah. Quite different from the uh, ACDC openings we've had before. Yep. <laughs> in fact, there was no ACDC in this movie. Did you notice that? Y- yeah, yeah, there was a couple good sort of song uh, moments. Yeah, no, no. The soundtrack had some good moments for sure. I mean, starting with "I'm Blue," done. Yeah, it was great. So good. 
If you haven't, check out the Flume remix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we pump that song quite a lot, actually. What was it? Twelve years? How, how many years later are we? Twenty. Oh my god! <laughs> Did that song come out twenty years ago? Did it? Right. I mean, they 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 played it as if it was in nineteen ninety nine, right? Oh. I mean, it sounds about right. I... Jeez, Lil. Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, why would they play on Blue Dabba Dee Dabba Die if that wasn't in the 90s or 99, 2000? You know, it's Y2K is where the film opens. Because I was wondering why that song choice. I was thinking back at it late, like halfway through the movie. I'm like, wait, why did this film start with I'm Blue Dabba Dee Dabba Die? And Considering no one was blue. <laughs> no, well, that's it. I was like, are they just trying to say Iron Man's a bit sad? Because it had a bit of a monologue at the beginning. You know, he comes in with like a bit of narration. I was like, is this just because he's sad? He's a, he's a blue man? Um, and I was like, oh, wait, no, it probably came out in 1999 and they were just trying to take us back. Yeah, makes sense. And then fast forward, however many years was it? 13 odd, 14 years later? 13 years. 13 for, years. Yeah. And we see Iron Man and his new suit that he's trying out. We were wondering how the suit would have improved and quite big improvements. He was giving himself these injections and then the suit can just come from apparently miles away yeah has infinite range yeah i mean at one point does it go from like tennessee to miami i don't know how far that is but it's i know even that the security guard even tells him actually iron man says how far is it to rose hill tennessee and the security guard's like 280 miles i'm kind of good at these kind of things that's pretty funny but yeah the bits of his suit travel over 250 miles apparently in separate parts yeah one by one and then just like attached to his body i think the first scene where we see those you know we're seeing him trying it for the first time that borderlined on cringy for me that was a bit cheesy i wrote cheese down yeah because it was the whole sort of him having a duck flying bits and um, then it sort of works and then it all falls apart and mm, he's like bending over backwards bit slapstick yeah bit over the top They're- i mean in that room there's always a bit of slapstick you're right yeah they love they love in his little lair yeah doing a bit of slapstick actually yeah because we said this about either the first or the second one where he's trying on bits and he goes flying and it was a bit slapstick he they t- tries the suit and he like Full slams into the wall. Yeah, and, it's a tough yeah. bit of comedy to get right, I guess. Yeah. Very physical. Yeah. But there were some great moments with that whole new suit concept throughout the movie. So there's that scene where like Tony's drowning and he's like stuck, and then the hand piece of the suit comes off him, turns around, grabs his hand, and then propels him out of being stuck. Mm. That's pretty yeah. Cool. Like it's all like autonomous Auton- yeah it's a bit it's kind of got its own personality doesn't it a bit kind a of bit. like all his robots because there's a moment where he's you know pretending to be in the suit with pepper and then she catches him downstairs working and the, the, he like says something to pepper and she like retorts back and the suit like looks to her <laughs> yeah it does like a sassy and, look yeah and i was like oh this suit is kind of sentient yeah i don't know if it was or whether tony's just doing that but that was quite funny because it was like he stood there with his suit behind him and it was kind of like yeah the two characters kind of separate together yeah yeah, i thought that Mm. was quite funny yes the new suit mark 42 that's right because she walks in and like oh new prototype or whatever and he looks at the shoulder and it says mark 42 yeah she's like what are we on like 17 or something yeah and we were like whoa he's on 42 already but then again big reveal kind of at the end of the movie with the big fight scene 
He uh, he calls in, what is it, Operation like House Party? House Party. House Party, Jarvis, like, should I do House Party? And it's like, they're all in the the cliff side. There's like a yeah. tunnel. Because Tony's house has been destroyed. Um, he lost everything, or so we thought. But then Operation House Party, the big thing opens in the ground, and then all these suits come flying out and fly to him to come save the day. And that's obviously like, oh, okay, that's how we got to Mark 42. There's all these other models he's been building which are coming to... To save the day. But talking about his house getting destroyed as well, I thought that was one of the best scenes in this movie. That was a good scene. Like the first kind of action scene. Had a lot going on, had that massive slow-mo shot. So before any of the action kicks off, you've got him, Pepper, and the the other chick from the beginning, the one he meets in Switzerland. The one he calls the botanist, botanist, but she's not. She's like some genetic engineer scientist lady. But you can just call me the botanist. But sure, botanist is fine or something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so they're at Tony's apartment and then he's kind of like given his address out to the world to say, yeah, come get me, Mr. Terrorist Man, uh, Mandarin, so being Kingsley. And then sure enough, all these helicopters and stuff show up and start blasting Tony's house. And we get this mad slow-mo shot after the first explosion where they're all flying through the air and Tony does his suit thing to get his suit to like, you know, come onto him. But instead of going onto him, it goes onto Pepper because Tony's a little sweetheart and he wants to protect Pepper. Um, so it goes on to Pepper, she's all good, and then he takes the suit off Pepper, it kind of transfers from her body to his body, just flying yeah, he just piece by piece. pulls it off. Yeah, um, and then he takes out all those helicopters, he's like, alright, we've got like five helicopters, and he starts taking them out in various means, I mean, it's epic, the whole house falls and crumbles, he falls into the sea in his suit, and then he's uh, presumed dead. Yes, but yeah, this- they all think he's dead yeah. at that point. Because he ends up flying to Tennessee because the suit gets confused. He programmed a flight path to Tennessee like before this all kicked off. And then it all kicked off. The suit flies him away. He wakes up in Tennessee like, why am I in Tennessee? He's like, I was following the flight plan you gave me earlier. <laughs> He's like, who did that? Who set that up? Um, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he was investigating all these explosions that have been happening over the last however many longs. <laughs> and... The first one they found was in Rose Hill, right? Which is why they were thinking about going there, tracking down yeah. this terrorist organization that just keep appearing on TV. Led by the Mandarin. Yeah, the Mandarin. Oh, I kept getting Mandalorian. I kept writing down. Oh, oh he kept writing. <laughs> yeah. um, I was like, Mandarin. He kept talking about Chinese-related things, but was supposedly Arabic? Yeah, or I couldn't Iranian? work out. Yeah, because he kind of had an American accent. I didn't really get what his background was supposed to be. He was a bit ambiguous. Mm, yeah. Whether that was the point. Yeah, I don't really know what the whole point of his cause was because it was like there was a lot of chat about oil, but then there was also like they were bombing up or blowing up things that were like Chinese ripoffs, right? Yeah, they blew up the uh, Chinese theatre in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And that was a pretty cool scene, actually. And yeah, that was actually. And there was a whole thing about. Um, fortune cookies? Yeah. Well, when they discover that the Mandarin is actually just an actor, it's Ben Kingsley, who's fully just a British like stage actor. It's great. He's so good. Yeah, he was great. He's meant to be like a washed up like drug addict that they've just like given the life. He's like, they let me live in this mansion. Like I get girls all the time. <laughs> they give me more drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's just constantly got a beer in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He like falls asleep mid-sentence and stuff. Wakes up, takes a sip. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was, yeah, no, he was pretty good. Kingsley killed it in that. He had some great lines as well. 
Um, they were like, are you just a prop? Who are you? And he's like, what What do you mean, like an understudy? Oh, no. <laughs> he's <laughs> yeah, like, no. not me. I'm not an understudy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I take pride in my work. <laughs> so, they, so the actual evil guy, which is... What was his name? Aldrich? Aldrich Killian. Aldrich Killian, who we see in the opening of the movie in Switzerland. He's like this decrepit almost, like geeky guy trying to get Tony Stark's attention, but Tony Stark just totally blows him off. Yeah, he's all um, hunched over and he's got a cane and he's looking really not well. No, yeah, yeah, hobbling around. And Tony's like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll meet with you. Meet me uh, on the roof in five minutes. And of course, never goes up to meet him. And that's where Aldrich hatches this mastermind plan which takes him 13 years to execute and the idea is to set up a again actor to pretend to be a terrorist because he says like you know fear has to have a face or something right to and scare he, people. he didn't want to be the face because he wanted to be like the mastermind controlling both sides on the war on terror mm, yeah it's a fair bit going on so he hires or kind of force uh, he gets ben kingsley <laughs> to be this guy he just picks him up from the street and goes yeah you'll do mm. Because the first half of the movie, the only time we see Ben Kingsley is when they take over these news, they take over all the TVs, which Americans aren't that, you know, oh, oh no, they are surprised by it every time it happens. Even when it's like the third or fourth time, they're like, oh my God, what's going on? It's happened again. It's happened again. What is this? And it's Who like, is it? Come, come on, it's that guy. It's the same logo. It's the same guy. It's the Mandarin. You guys know he's on the front page of every newspaper at the moment. Why are you that surprised when this keeps happening? Yeah, so they're in... I guess Tennessee. Um, Tony's got <laughs> so where he finds a shed um, to basically rest, and this meets this kid, Harley. Yeah, the scenes with the kid were pretty cool. I like that little relationship that yeah. they had. It was pretty tongue in cheek. Kid was pretty funny. Yeah, the kid was alright actually. Because uh, he's then Tony's asking him to like get him things so that he can like fix his suit or whatever. And the last thing he asked for is like a sandwich. Then they have some more conversation because the kids like tells him that his dad walked out on him, and Tony's like, "Oh, don't be a pussy about it." Dad's leave. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> a bit like cold with that. And then right at the end of the conversation, Tony just says, "You know what? I keep thinking, where's my sandwich?" <laughs> <laughs> and then the sandwich comes up again even later. The sandwich gets a few mentions. Yeah. Um, but together they because uh, then we have the fight in Rose Hill. Yeah. So they they. Obviously, the reason he's in Tennessee is to find the location of the the first bombing um, and a guy who was in the military had disappeared. Mm, the story was supposedly he gone AWOL and like blew himself up with mm. a bunch of people because that was obviously the cover-up story from the military or whoever. And there's a weird thing at the, at the bomb site. There's a crater and there's these five shadows on the walls, outlines of the people that had died. Which yeah. is really weird because obviously that doesn't normally happen. Well, no, I thought that was going to be all part of... Because it happened earlier as well at the Chinese theatre when there's the explosion there um, with uh, Happy. Mm. And I noticed when Happy kind of comes to, he's looking around and the henchman, the fiery henchman walks off and on the walls around them are more those like shadows of like people that are blown up. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was meant to be... I thought there was going to be more to that. I don't know. They didn't really go further into that. They just expect us that. to think that's how explosions work. Like, yeah, the, it leaves a perfectly formed shadow of you when you get blown up. <laughs> I mean, maybe it does. I don't know. <laughs> but if you were a fiery boy, um, you mm. don't get a shadow print. Well, no, because they don't really... 
blow up, do they? Well, they don't die because they just regenerate. I think they just get super hot, kind of flame off, and then just kind of <laughs> walk it off, don't they? Or maybe the ones that blow up do die, actually, because the henchman just sold the shot to the guy in the square there or in the Chinese theatre. Mm. I don't think he came back, too. So I think if those fiery dudes blow up, yeah, they, they blow up, I think. Okay. Because they've also mentioned a few times through the movie, like, if it hits you in a negative way, it's really negative, as if, like, if it hits you negatively, you're going to blow up. Mm. So during the latest broadcast, while Tony's in Tennessee, he tracks down the Mandarin. Mandarin? Yeah. Yes. He nearly said Mandarin <laughs> again. Tracks down the Mandarin in Miami, Florida. So he... How did he get to Miami? He drove. Did he just drive it? Well, he stole the fiery boy's car. That's right. Steals the henchman's car, goes on a shopping trip, builds lots of little gadgets. Oh, he fully just like MacGyver's stuff out of like a hardware shop? Yeah. We get a classic, you know, MacGyver type montage. He's just putting like fertilizer and wire and pipes and... Yeah. Christmas baubles. Anything. Yeah, you know you know the scene. You've seen it before. It's a classic it's a classic scene. <laughs> he's just got two loaded shopping carts. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Piles that in the car, takes off to Miami, overnight builds a bunch of stuff, and then he takes over this mansion where they've tracked the Mandarin to. That was pretty cool. He's using like homemade nail guns and stuff and yeah, like these weird ball ball grenades or something. I don't know. Or were I they just, just distractions? Just distraction. Yeah, I wondered. Because the guy picks it up and then you just see the guy fall to the ground. I wasn't oh, sure. Oh, he fall just smashed him in the face. Tony just yeah. knocked him right. Um yeah, that was pretty cool. Finds the Mandarin, turns out to be a phony, just an actor. And then Guy Pierce shows up. Oldrick? Or the he- henchman. Henchman shows up. Henchman shows up. Henchman shows up and they take Tony hostage? Right? Yeah. They ca- is that when they catch a Tony? Um, Let me check my notes here. We've got Tony finds Mandarin, and then I've got Tony escapes. Because you've got, while that's happening, Pepper gets taken. Yeah, they both get taken at the same time. Pepper gets taken Pepper's by... Because Pepper's with Botanist Lady, who was at the house during the explosion, Tony's house, and then she thinks Botanist Lady is all right. Mm-hmm. They're having some chats, and then... Killian walks in and goes, I'm taking you. Yeah, big reveal, botanist lady. Not all right. Not okay. Um. So, yeah, that's right. He takes Pepper pretty brutally. He comes in, grabs her by the throat and stuff. Yeah. Pretty brutal. Um. And then henchman comes and gets Tony. Yeah, because Tony's got the gun to Mandarin, and then the henchman just appears behind him. Yes. Um. So now they've both been captured. Because they're like, why didn't you, to the Mandarin, why didn't you push the panic button? He's yeah. like, well, I panicked, but then I figured it out. Yeah, I panicked and then I got over it or something. Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't push the button. So then they're both captured. Both captured in some sort of warehouse. I don't really know what's going on there. So Aldrich is... Well, I call him Aldrich. What did you just call him? Killian. Killian. That's his last name. Is he just both? But he also was called Hanson, I think. Oh, God. I, I just wrote... I kept writing Killian. Killian. All right. I've got Aldrich written. That's so. his first name, I think. Okay. Yeah. So Aldrich Killian. Yeah. yeah. Full name. Um, what's he doing? He's holding Tony hostage. They've got Pepper hostage. She's been pumped full of the, the fiery stuff. Yeah. So he wants, he, he wanted to work with Iron Man years ago, but he ended up getting the botanist lady to yeah. work with him. That's right. And... Iron Man kind of knew what the botanist lady was doing. So that's right. So the botanist lady pulls out 
Tony Stark's name card from 1990 in Switzerland because mm. it's a name card that just says, you know who I am. Like, hi, my name is, you, you, know, you, who you know who I am or yeah. something. And on the back is some sort of formula, right? So he obviously know, knew the formula to do whatever these guys are trying to do, make it stable or whatever. Yeah, so it's, it's a regenerative theorem. Yeah, it gets all up in your nerves in your system and if you lose an arm, don't worry, it'll grow right back in seconds and they're pretty much invincible unless they get like super hot, right? They they have like a heat limit or something. Yeah, do they call it immersion? Immersion, yeah, something like that. yeah, something like that. And it's basically a serum kind of process. They seem to mm. just keep getting injected with it and they'll either be okay and take it on or you'll explode. Right. And that's what he's doing with Pepper at the moment. He's kind of showing, look, I'm pumping your missus through this. It could work, it could not. I mean, the guy's kind of obsessed with Pepper as well. He said he wanted her as his trophy. He had a kind weird thing with her. Um, early in the movie, he like came to visit her at Stark headquarters and mm. they were like, knew each other from mm. way back. He like kissed her on the cheek. She got all flustered. Yeah, she was all... Uh, yeah, she was like, oh, and she'd said like he always like asked her out all the time, but that was mm, right. back when he was a creep, a gr gross creep. <laughs> He's still a creep. A gross creep. He just wasn't as good looking. <laughs> uh, he when he was you know nerdy and a bit yeah, um, unwell. So I'm guessing they've captured Tony to help them solve this thing. They're going to force him to do it by you know using Pepper right, and then the botanist double twist turns out wants to be good now. She, she, we yeah. thought she was good, turned out she was bad, but now she wants to be good. She holds a gun up to, oh no, her own neck. She holds the serum up to her own neck saying, half of this would be an overdose for me or something. Mm. Like, you can't do this without me or whatever. Um, but obviously, Cillian, Killian, Cillian. <laughs> oh, Cillian. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Aldrich, all right? <laughs> Aldrich goes, I can. Yeah. It's and fine. Shoots her. Yeah. And she dies. That's so it. her bluff didn't work. No. And a lot of shooting in this movie, I think more so than the other Marvel movies that we've watched so far, it seemed to be happening a lot. I don't know. It seemed more graphic, this one. I mean, there was a lot of shooting, but also anyone that was shot up with the fiery serum, it the shots didn't matter. So it was kind of... Yeah, they actually... They could shoot them a lot and be like, ooh, I'm still alive. Yeah, they use that to their advantage quite a lot through the movie, and I actually quite like that, because obviously they can't show really violent stuff in these movies. But if we have these fiery guys that don't, you know, react to violence the same, so there's one point where Tony cuts the dude's arm off, dude's arm goes, like, flying, and it just, like, regenerates on him. And it was, like, pretty graphic, because this dude's, like, a red fiery thing. It doesn't matter. But he has, like, no blood. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's the main thing. No blood. What else? There was something else graphic that happened. Oh, yeah, like um, Tony and him are fighting and they like hit each other's hands. Like they both go to punch and their fists connect. And the red dude, you see his arm like dislocate like from the punch. And it, mm. like, you see his bones like split, but they're like glowing red. So it's kind of like acceptable. But it was still pretty graphic. Like you mm. see the dude's arm fully breaking off. Yeah, and like... The main henchman gets completely blown through the middle, but because he's a fiery boy, there's no blood and things. So, mm. like, that would have been quite a graphic mm. death because you see the hole in his chest. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tony's trying to escape. He's working on it. He's waiting for his bits to arrive from Tennessee. Yeah. You that know, near the post. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. He's there saying, like, he's got the two henchmen watching him and he's all tied up with cable ties. And he's like, 
Three, to, two, one. To a bed frame. Yeah, to an upstanding bed frame, yeah. And he's just there trying to count in these things coming. It's like, here they come. Three to one. Any second now. And the henchmen are just like, what? what? Whoa, They're whoa, like, ugh, why did we get this shift? Why did we get this shift? Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the pieces start arriving one by one. He gets just one glove and like one boot. Um, boot and he's just kind of fighting with those two. And he's kind of just, you cool. know, half flying around, sort of working it out. Mm. Anyway, he gets his suit. He gets out of there. Is this and then meanwhile this is when we've got Air Force One being taken over? Yeah, right? where the present president is. Yeah. So the uh bad guys, Aldrich, has taken the war machine suit. They captured war machine in um Pakistan or somewhere where they were trying to track um Mandarin down. They've captured him, they've got Don Cheadle out of the suit. Don Cheadle escapes, they just kinda leave Don Cheadle. So they get him out of the suit, they take the suit, and then Don Cheadle's just like Side by side with Iron Man. It's this, it looks like he's in like a well circular shaped room with like really high walls. But then all of a sudden he is out of there. Yeah, he just And he's just out. scaling walls and mm. buildings and it's like, oh, it's fine. And then he teams up. He just bumps into Iron Man because they're being held captive or Tony Stark because they're being held captive at the same place. And, you know, he explains what's happening with the war machine suit. You know, it's gone whatever and they they track it down to air force one so the bad henchman's got it on air force one kills a bunch of people puts the president in the suit and sends the suit off to Ulrich for the next phase of his evil plan but we get quite a cool scene on air force one uh iron man shows up we see iron man fighting with uh the henchman is this when the henchman that's dies? when that's when he gets blown through the chest yeah that's right he gets blown through the chest and all the passengers, all the remaining passengers from the flight are falling. So we've got Iron Man, you know, talking to Jarvis, like, how many of these people can I carry? Only four. So they start doing, what do they call it? He, monkeys? What are the monkey things? Like monkeys in a barrel, monkeys you know? Monkeys in a barrel, yeah. You and he sort of, up, he ele- electrifies his hand so they're like kind of magnetized. Yeah, a bit far-fetched. Him. He's saying like, I'm going to electrocute your arm so you can't open your fist. So yeah. you grab him and I'll electrocute you so your fist stays clenched shut on him. Yeah. And they go, there's 13 people total and they go one by one just grabbing each other till they form this massive spider's web of people. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony just slowly kind of swoops them down into a lake, drops them off and then they all like cheer and clap like, thanks Tony, yeah. <laughs> and Tony's there like, yeah, good job guys, I gotta go. Turns to leave and this truck just absolutely smashes into Iron Man. Iron Man goes flying into like a hundred different pieces. You're like, oh, what happened? And then cuts to Tony and War Machine, remote control. It was like Mark 42, one of those jobs, you know, mm. remote controlling it. So again, another little plot twist there, little Ooh. twist turn. It kept you going. It was good. So now we've got Iron Man and War Machine. Well, Rhodes. Rhodes, yeah, and Tony Stark. Because they're out of the suits. Mm, and they got to go save the president. And Pepper. And Pepper, who just happened to be in the same place. I don't know how they found that place. Do they track something? I, feel I guess like... Jarvis does. Jarvis does it. I yeah. think Jarvis says, I've located Pepper. But they're they, on the docks. So they're actually just going to go get Pepper, but it turns out the president's there. Oh, yeah, true. president's hung up in, so it's like a dock, an oil dock. Like, there's a lot of oil going on here. Big scaffolding, big sort of... You know the scene. Yeah. You, you Shipping know. containers. That Shipping kind of containers. Stuff. Lots of metal. Yeah. Henchmen. Henchmen. <laughs> big thing of oil. Yeah. And the uh, president is in the war machine suit. He's strung up and they're like, oh, they're going to kill the president. They're going to set him on fire, like using oil or whatever. 
Um, and that's when we get all the other Operation House Party, all the other Iron Men He's show like, up. I could do with uh, some backup here. Mm-hmm. Operation <laughs> House Party, sir. <laughs> so they all rock up. And that was pretty cool. We just see these guys because they're all kind of different. They've all got... Yeah. Some are like big henshi juggernauts, others like split into different pieces and fight multiple guys at Some once. Some had big old like missile arms mm. and they like sacrifice themselves a lot. Yeah. You know? Like if uh, they're fighting henchmen and one of the henchmen like knocks his head off or whatever, the Iron Man suit will just grab him and blow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> grab him into the side of a building. Um so yeah, pretty cool, pretty epic fight scene. And then we get the big fight scene we've all been waiting for Iron Man versus Aldrich, fiery dude. On the rooftop, you mm-hmm. know, it was a big yeah. The whole rooftop. Finally, we meet on the roof. Uh, the rooftop. We meet on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that fight scene was awesome because the fiery dude's just pretty much invincible. He's so strong. So strong. He's losing limbs left, right, and center. They're just growing back. Iron Man sacrificed like four or five suits. Like a suit will come in. I, uh, Tony jumps into it, becomes Iron Man. They fight. The suit gets ripped open or destroyed. Iron Man jumps into another suit. You know, they keep coming into the scene. And because, like, the whole thing is basically made of metal, he can just sort of, he sort of, like, melt blasts his way through mm. things, which is... Yeah, he straight, like, splits the suit in half. Yeah. And, like, just comes flying off Tony. That was a good use of the new suit technique. Mm. Um, So he's, like, you know, falling and then a suit swoops underneath him opens and then he's boop, he's, yeah, in a he's suit. just in the suit ready to go and he like it self ejects <laughs> out of yeah. the suit yeah that was a good one actually where he's like about to like pound him pound tony through the chest and he's like eject and just goes flying like through his legs <laughs> kind of thing and then he calls in one final suit and as the suit's about to land it hits something and just falls into a different piece it's like oh great that's embarrassing my suit failed but then <laughs> the whole time we're wondering like, how's he gonna kill this guy he's invincible what's he do he puts that suit on the dude. He like kneels and points forward and the suit just like rocket attaches to the dude. And then, and that's Mark 42 actually. That's yeah. the first one we see at the beginning, which then self-detonates. He tells him like, light yeah. him up. Oh, we forgot about Pepper. Oh, the big moment. Big moment. So obviously dies. Pepper's there <laughs> and, you know, Aldrich's like, I've got you now, you're mine, you're my trophy. He's been all gross about it, like mm-hmm. and she's just like, Ugh, jeez. And <laughs> she's there, like he's like put a new outfit on her. It's so weird. Mm, yeah. Um but and Tony's yeah. about to say Tony finds her. Yeah. He's about to rescue her and then Fiery Boy comes in and ruins that and I don't know the room starts that's when he cuts off the dude's arm yeah because the arm goes flying and then the arm melts through the floor yeah and then the whole structure that they're in starts to fall it was already blown up a Mm. bit anyway like Pepper's stuck under some metal metal. and then Tony's reaching for her trying to grab her like just fall let go I'll grab you Um, but something happens she falls and we just see her fall like just falls a long way into a fiery pit well because all that oil yeah. Is on fire. Yeah, she just falls straight into the fire, and we're like, "Whoa, hang on!" And then there's nothing. It's yeah. just, and then it goes straight into the fight scene between those Cause two. Because Aldrich just wanders along the like walkway and is like, "I would have caught her." Mm, yeah. <laughs> so of course, now Tony's pissed, and they have the big fight scene. Um, the Iron Man suit blows up Aldrich. Iron Man falls to the ground, and it's like he sees bits of the suit falling to the ground, like the helmet, the head falls, mm. and he's looking at the head like, well, is he just about to regenerate out of this helmet? Because the helmet's smoking. Then the helmet empty. just falls to pieces. But then 
Aldrich just appears out of the fire. You know, he's still alive. He comes for Tony. He's all charred, but he's, he's charred still up, walking and talking. Still walking and talking. And then Pepper also emerges from the fire and, and pops him on the head. ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, She yeah. kicks ass. She, oh, at first, she just bops him on the head because I was like, oh, what, with a is pole. that it? Yeah. He survives that whole explosion and a bop on the pole does it. A bop on the pole. A bop on the head does it. Um, And then as soon as I said that, we see him stand back up. We're like, oh, okay, here we go. And yeah, she kicked ass, man. She had the, because she's obviously been fire serumed. Mm. She's all red in the eyes. She's She's looking angry and she's all lavery. But also a problem because all the Iron Men are targeting the hot individuals. So an Iron Man suit comes in and identifies Pepper and Aldrich as a threat. Mm. And Tony's like, no, 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 not her. But she's not face. She does some like crazy jump in the air, like grabs the suit, nails it to the ground, and then puts it on like a bit. Yeah. Like, she puts on this arm, and then she fights Aldrich and just, well, she just smashes, just kills him. How does it? I can't remember how she. Uh, him. no. So she smashes him, and then there is a bomb of some sort because she kind of smashes that into him. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. There's that little like rocket. She like kicks yeah. it, and it goes flying into him, and just blows him to smithereens. Yeah. That was really cool. So I guess that's a way of just drawing. But he did get blown up before. Yeah, just a bigger explosion. Wasn't big enough. Wasn't big enough. enough. This one was big enough, I guess. (laughs) I guess that's it. Yeah. Then we see the Mandarin actor dude getting put into custody. Um, But and then uh, like Tony does this whole big narration thing. Uh, destroys all his suits. We see them, they all explode. He says, what is it? Operation yeah, Clean Slate. Clean Slate. So they're all stood there, they're all exploding. And then he gets heart surgery, which apparently he could have just, that's an option. The whole time he could have just had heart surgery. With well, a... But now he decides, yeah, now's, now's time. Like what? Because just... obviously like, he gets pepper fixed, so she's not fiery. Yeah, and gets himself fixed too. And they take all the metal out of his heart. And it's kind of like, you know, he's, he's back to a regular dude now. He's like, I'm still Iron Man. Yeah, it's the final line of the movie. The screen goes black. It's like, there's one thing they can never take from me. I am Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have the post-credit scene, which is him in therapy with Bruce Banner. Who is not enjoying no, life. That's what he says. He's like, I'm not that kind of scientist. He's like, man. I'm not that kind of doctor. He's like, I don't have the... Uh... Tony's like, what, time? He goes, no, the temperament. Temperament. <laughs> <laughs> I like seeing those two together. I look forward to seeing those two together more. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we've we spoken quite a bit about this. Uh, any other big call-outs that you want to mention? I mean, we've got Stan Lee. Yeah, Stan Lee. So when Tony wakes up in Rose Hill, um, there's a beauty pageant going on, and we just see Stan Lee as a judge of the beauty pageant holding up the number 10. <laughs> yeah, was that when one of the broadcasts gets cut? I can't remember why Tony's there, but he's in a news... Yeah, that's when Tony tracks it. That's how Tony, because he gets into that news van and we meet Gary, who's like oh, obsessed Gary, with Oh, Gary, the Gary, mega fan. Gary's like, what are you doing in my van? He's like, oh my God, it's Tony Stark. What did he say? Um, and he's like, styles his hair like him and he's got the tattoo. He's like, I've got this tattoo. It's actually um, styled off a doll I made of you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, not quite like a photo. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah. He's like, mum, I need to call you back. Something magical is happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, just to finish it off, I've just got some quotes, okay. which I like throughout I, the movie. Well, I was going to say, I guess, the major character development of Tony Stark is he is post-Avengers New York City battle, 
and he is battling with some post-traumatic stress and yeah. he has got some high anxiety. Mm. And that seems to feature just, it just features throughout the whole film. Mm. He's we not- We actually see him struggling a little bit. He's not managing his stress. He's has a panic attacks. He's not sleeping. Because he, when he does try and sleep, he has like night terrors. Mm. So that's sort of something. And then the kid, Harley, is sort of- he keeps like riling Bring him out, up. He's like, tell me about New York. Tell me about the wormhole. He's you like, I just want to know everything. Back? It's amazing. Um, but he's the only one that calls him out. He's like, do you have PTSD? <laughs> Amongst all of that, he's like, do you got PTSD? <laughs> yeah, you got that. Um, but then he also kind of helps him because he's like, well, you're, you make things. You're a, you're a mechanic. Yeah. So yeah. make something. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. And moment. that kind of brings Tony back to, oh, if I make something, I'll calm I down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the movie, the kid goes into his shed and the shed has just become this mechanic's dream. He's got like a car in there, some sort of like... Yeah, cold, he's cold, like pimped cold. it out. He's, yeah, muscle yeah. car. And he's got um, like a potato gun. Vo- yeah, all this stuff that the kid loved. That was a nice way to end it. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a favourite quote to end with? Ooh, let me just read through. What, what's my favourite? Yeah, my favourite one, which I thought was probably one of the best moments, was when... Tony is escaping the evil headquarters after he's been captured. He's killing all the dudes. He's got guns. He's shooting these people dead. He's got two guns in his hand. He turns to the last henchman. He's got one gun in his hand. He drops his gun and just says, honestly, I hate working here. They're so weird. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one I was going to pick. It was just such a little, like, uh, just like the moment was so good. Yeah. He was just like, so. I, honestly, no, I, they're so weird. Yeah. I, I don't want to be that here. The henchman killed it. Just drops the gun. Honestly, I I don't even like working here. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. That was good. So now where does it sit? You know, I mean, I'm going to rate it pretty high. I'm going to be honest with you. I think out of the three Iron Man movies, this was my favorite. I think so. You agree? It was quite fun. Like Iron Man One, sure, it was it was cool with the ACDC and stuff, but this as an action movie was awesome. It was I loved good. it. I yeah. really thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it it nailed it as far as action movies go, and I think that shows because like we were saying, this director he's written a few like old action movies. He's got that's obviously what he does, right? And I think he he killed it. It wasn't too generic, like I picture a lot of these movies being, you know, like stereotypical kind of action comic book movies. Uh, no, this had it all. I, I loved it. Twist and turn, very exciting. The action scenes were fantastic. Fight scenes were great. And it was funny. It was funny. It wasn't too long. Good amount of time. You yeah, know? and there wasn't like really any moments where I was like, I'm bored. Yeah, no lulls. Um, so, I mean, that puts it in number two place because Iron Man 1 is in number two. If we're saying it's better than Iron Man. Yeah, and like even though the plot was kind of simple... Uh, but they all are going to be, you know, yeah. there is a bad man and he wants to get revenge on good guy. Mm. It was still really interesting. Yeah. No, all the yeah. characters were great. Does it go above Avengers? Uh, I, controversial opinion, think it does. Did you enjoy it more? I honestly do. I think this is my favorite one that we've watched by quite a while. Whoa. I kept thinking it as we're watching it. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know. Maybe I just had low expectations. I had no expectations. No for this. expectations. Yeah. I just, yeah, I didn't think it was going to be any good. No, I mean, like a kind of new director, you know. But he'd worked with Robert Downey Jr. before. He writes these action. I, 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 perfect. I'm putting. I put it at number one. Will you let me put it at number one? 
I'll let you put out number I one. I think I don't know if that's a controversial opinion. You know, other people enjoy these movies. I mean, I don't know how Iron Man three is considered <laughs> in the MCU, but right now it's my favorite one. Like we did really enjoy Avengers, but this one, yeah, I don't know. It was really fun to watch. It was. Like, I enjoyed Captain America. No, no, I didn't. No, you no, didn't. No, that was the worst. You enjoyed Thor. I enjoyed Thor, but... You've got a little crush on Thor. Yeah, I did. Well, I did. He comes and goes. Depends, he comes and goes. Depends what mood he's in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I don't know, just looking at it from like a blockbuster action-adventure movie, I thought that was fantastic. I did it all. Yeah, easily number one for me. Can we do that? Can we put it at number one? Yeah, go on. Yes. Um, I want to know what you guys, you know, think. If you have an opinion on where Iron Man 3 sits in your favourite Marvel movies. I mean, I would love to know if other people share this opinion. Is Iron Man 3 considered the best Marvel movie? That might be a thing. I don't know. Uh, let me know. <laughs> I've never heard that, so maybe not. <laughs> it might just be you. I think most people don't know there's an Iron Man 3. I think that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. It grows pretty well. Yeah, well, yeah, it did actually. And I'm... I mean, that makes sense now, looking at the figures. Yeah. Uh, maybe it got really, really good reviews. I don't know. Let me know what you think. You know, hit us up on Instagram. Um, let me know where you think Iron Man 3 is. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I'm brainwashed. I don't know. Um, but I'd love to hear from you. So write into us on Instagram. But in the meantime, we will be back in the next week or so with... Thor? Thor? Thor Dark World? Yeah. I think Thor Dark World is yeah. next. Yeah. So we'll see. See if Thor 2 can beat Iron Man 3. In the meantime, thank you once again for joining us. My name is Toomey. And I'm Lily. Thanks for listening. Bye.